now coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. And welcome to the 538th episode of the Puckle Podcast. I'm your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with our wonderful, as always, co-host. We've got the one and only Lord Seth Vilo. It is I, yes, here, uh, being a lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's never going to die. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the grammatically correct Linian. Hello. Also, if Seth was a lord, SLC was the French Revolution. Uh, Yikes. Oh. Yikes. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yow. That hurt. Ow. Wow. Yeah, I well, we'll talk about that later cuz that's yeah. definitely that's definitely We will. Uh like they the So welcome to the Puckle podcast. Puckle of course stands <laughs> for the Pokémon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name we came up with in 2007 where we talk about everything Pokémon from the trading card game to the video game to everything in between. I am here again. This week has been long because I've been writing proposals all week, which is kind of dumb. Uh, I hate writing proposals. Well, Thatcher, I already thought you were married. Uh, scientific writing proposals. Propo- oh my gosh. <laughs> scientific proposals for scientific things. He's married to science. Well, it turns out like, so like I get a paycheck to do science, but they don't give me the money to do the science. So like they could pay me <laughs> and I could just like sit around and twiddle my thumbs. But... To do this actual science, I have to, like, write proposals and get more money Mm, so I can do more science. And Mm -hmm. so that's, like, the worst part of my job, I think, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's a lot of just, like, taking everything that's in your brain and then you have to put it on a piece of paper. Like, yes, this is a really cool experiment, and I know it's going to be really impactful if we do it, but now I need to explain to somebody who doesn't live in my brain why it's impactful (laughs) (laughs) and also what i'm exactly doing and why i need you know two hundred thousand dollars or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and that it's it's that kind of stuff it's uh it's really poofy i it's it's literally the worst part of my job because like i i don't mind writing like papers for journal articles and stuff like that where we do the science and then you report on it to the community i don't mind doing that stuff at all because doing that stuff it's just like, yeah, I'm just writing down what I did. And then somebody who knows what I do will read it and they'll understand it. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. But this one is just like, you need to write it for somebody who doesn't know what you do. And that's kind of dumb. And so then I wrote them a, we should just write a proposal on Pokemon Showdown. That's what we need. That's what we need. There it is. The science of Pokemon Showdown. Yeah. Uh, somebody, I think, wrote like a psych paper on that somewhere. <laughs> I would believe that. I think somebody did. Yeah. I don't know. I think I talked about, I got banned from Showdown, like, not too long ago. Like, a couple weeks ago, I got banned. Oh, I remember, yeah, I, I yeah. heard about that. What? Yeah, what, yeah, so I, I think I lost the VPN lottery. Oh, oh, I should And check. I think somebody VPN and got my IP address. Oh. And they gave themselves a not-so-flattering name. Hmm. Which was probably an auto-ban. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I got banned from Showdown because of it. Nice. I couldn't, like, log in on as my name. Well, like, just the general Smogon server. So, like, I could still log into, like, the sports server or whatever. But for the Showdown actual Showdown server, like, I couldn't choose a name. I always had to be guest, like, seven digits. 
afterwards. Weird. How weird. Yeah, it was it was kind of frustrating because I'm like, man, I didn't even do anything. And it was like the one time I was like, yeah, let's like try to play VGC again and see if we can figure this out. And like I logged in, I'm like, well, man, I don't want to do this now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do this now because then I can't like track my progress. Has this ever happened to you? Listen to our sponsor, NordVPN. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yep. Yeah, well, so the only reason I didn't, one, I don't believe in those VPNs entirely, other than they really just want you to go spend $80 and forget that you spent $80. Fair. And then two, I do a lot of stuff in my home network that's IP-based. Mm-hmm. And that would definitely screw it up. Like, all of the bots, right, that run the distribution yeah, yeah. from oh, Patreon oh, oh, yeah, and everything, that's all run off IP addresses. And so then all of a sudden you just go and you just start doing it off a different IP. It's going to start having issues and I'm going to have to go tear that down. And I really and just I just don't want to do it. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I just I just don't want to do that. It's so much work. It's absolutely too much work. But uh, I know what you guys did in Pokemon and it's a topic. So if you guys don't mind, I want to be a little selfish and talk about myself a little bit more. Absolutely. Go <laughs> sure. For it. I didn't know that was a topic. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm making that the topic today. I'm going to milk you guys for what it's worth, okay? I mean, worth it. Yeah. I went ahead and uh, I I played in a draft league this week as well, uh, and I won the whole thing accidentally. Uh, This is the same draft league we've been talking about, that monotype Ubers one that I mention every once in a while, but I accidentally went ahead and won the whole thing. It was was intense. Yeah, to be clear, he did not win PDL before we started it. That's uh, not what happened. No, this was some other. This is some other random draft league that I joined, mostly just to like shake off the rust, you know, because I haven't Fair. played. I haven't played like Uber competitively in a while, but you know, it's like riding a bike, right? You just know how to do it. It is. It you is. just know how to do it, and so I just wanted to get back into it without. I don't know. I like if I join a puckle tournament, there's like pressure on it because. One, like if I join Piddle, like it's not that I hate Piddle specifically for this kind of reasons or anything, but like if I join, everybody goes, oh, I'm playing Thatch. And then they bring like their A++ game. <laughs> well, then they go play like garbage the rest of the time. You know, so you look like an idiot. So I look really bad because they're always like over prepping for me because they want to beat Thatch. And so I had to go somewhere else where like nobody knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit to doing that early. We call that the inverse cheers effect. Yeah, no, it really is the inverse cheers effect. Yeah, it's well, because like, well, everybody wants to like not look like a fool in front of me. And I really don't care because I am a fool. And I just had to go somewhere else and to like d- go into like a no pressure situation to learn how to play Pokemon again. Mm-hmm. I remember you got so mad at me during one of the summer league things because I would not switch in my final attacker even though it would wipe your team because your Zapdos was using Heat Wave and I wasn't going to risk the 10% burn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I just sat in something recovering on you until you ran out of Heat Wave power points and then I switched it in because it was safe and you just were like, just end it, please! I'm suffering! Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, everybody wow. just like bring... And it's like, I appreciate that everybody can be really good and I'm a good motivator for that, but at the same time, it just stops being fun for me because then I have to be at my A++ game every single week. And it's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's exhausting and I don't have time for that. 
And I would, I would love to join dr- our, our draft league, but it, I just know there's like, there's just not a, it's not a target per se on my back, but it's more of just like a pedestal that people put me on that they shouldn't. Makes sense. And I just really dislike being on that pedestal. <laughs> <laughs> I really dislike that pedestal because I, I am no different than anybody else. The only difference is I'm OCD and I can't stop doing this podcast. <laughs> okay. Deep cuts with thatch today. I know. I know. I'm just letting you know all of my, uh, all of my feelings, Seth. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's a good note to end it on. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go ahead and we'll go turn on the, we'll go talk about the news. So let's cue that epic music. And welcome to the news. In the news, we've got a few things to talk about. Uh, I'll let Seth talk about the most interesting, probably. Heck yeah. I like organizing things, and Papa Nintendo has finally given us a way to do so on the Switch. If you have not yet updated your Switch to the newest version, version 14, it added the ability to create folders or groups to organize your games kind of at the top level. So you can throw all of your mainline Pokemon games into one, and all of your sideline Pokemon games into the other, like someone on Twitter passive-aggressively did and posted a picture of. Uh, Was that you? No. No. Wait, who did it? I missed this then. Who's known for making passive-aggressive commentary about about what's mainline and what's not? No, don't. Why? You don't have to guess. Why did he do it? Guess where Let's Go Pikachu was. No, I'm not not dealing with this because it's such a stupid pedantic (laughs) argument. It is. Such, yeah. The, then who do you think had it, Thatch? Ta-da! I know exactly who had it. I know exactly who had it. That <laughs> man anyway. needs to get off Twitter. Ugh. Love him. Great guy. Love also, him. Absolutely dude. love him. But like, dude, he he just likes to start fires sometimes. Why are you bringing like. the fight to yourself? Right. Right. He's <laughs> just like I hope nobody punches my very punchable face. Like you can't leave milkshakes in your yard and then ex- and then be surprised when boys are there. <laughs> Uh, I, I like that it took us five years to get to the point where the 3DS was initially on its operating system. Right. That was kind of, yeah. I, I like great. it. I can put all of my party like games, like if all my If we Jackbox wait another two years, maybe we will get themes finally. Maybe. And then maybe. we'll get Switch um, 2 New Pro 3D. We'll never get themes. We'll never <laughs> get themes. I don't believe we will. But moving on, sign-ups for yep. the international challenge that give you the Galar- shiny Galarian Moltres, um, or as our news copy editor says, uh, Galarian Moltres cosplaying as Ronald McDonald open up this oh Friday. Uh, I, I mean, it's just it's just the same colors as regular Moltres. <laughs> so what is regular Moltres cosplaying as? He's not cosplaying. He just is Ronald McDonald. He just is. <laughs> the real OM, original Ronald Moltres. Yeah, and then of course the Burger King was the one that gave you the Pokemon toys back then. So uh-huh. mm. uh huh, womp womp, missed opportunities all around. Though that was a good time. I miss it. Simpler times, simpler times. But yeah, uh, if you want to do that, we've got a team for you today in the Pokemon of the episode. If you want to be able to use it and not use Zacian, woo! Yeah, if you want to try your hand at not Zacian, that could be pretty cool. I don't know though uh, if people are actually interested in that. 
Uh, I guess you get to go next, Seth, because we probably kept the highlights from last week and sure. another one got deleted, so it's fine. Yeah, sure. Um, for BDSP, which still somehow has news events tied to it, the Dark Rye event should go live on April 1st, which is Friday, and yes. it only goes for a month, so make sure you get it in that time. Also, also I think... Yeah, the Shaman one ends on Thursday, that means. Yeah. So please so, definitely go get it if you haven't. Get your letter, get your dark rye, because they will go away. Yes. Yes, they will. I don't know. It feels like it feels really anticlimactic that those came out after we just got the ones for uh we we got the ones for what's it called? Oh my gosh, like Legends Arceus that were just like instantly in the game for just having save data. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just it really feels anticlimactic. I mean BDSP is anticlimactic. I actually found some uh some really interesting factoids about BDSP recently. Uh, oh, because mm-hmm. there's a guy that I follow on Twitter. His name's Lutu. Uh, and he, he just like, he's just like really into like the game development side of just video games in general. But he went, he wanted to go ahead and he, he follows a lot of the interesting stuff. And the stuff he brought up was there was actually a, uh, there's actually like a recorded start date for Masuda working with Ilka. And it turns out to only be like a year and a half before the release of BDSP. Huh. Uh, which, which is kind of odd because you wouldn't expect Ilka to have started working on BDSP before Masuda got involved. And so that would mean that if you, if you, if that's true, which is speculation in and of itself, it means that BDSP had a really short development time of like a year and a half, mm-hmm. which I don't mm-hmm. know. Take that for what you will. I don't know. And BDSP also just isn't le- like Legends Arceus was just like, it was like, here's like a little tiny like star in the sky, but then they put the sun next to it, which was Legends Arceus. So who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> So who cares? And maybe that's what they were banking on. <laughs> maybe that's what they were banking. But I don't know. Well, moving on to Unite News. This is you, Lydian. Yeah, uh, the next two characters are teased for April, and one of them will be Azumarill. That's cute. That means Azumarill won't be there, though, because baby Pokemon don't get yeah, to fight in the Unite arena. Which is, um, wholesome? <laughs> yeah, it's odd. It's it's definitely odd. Uh, I, I love how many Pokemon there are for this. I didn't. I never played a MOBA before, and I know this is normal, but I love that it wasn't just like abandoned. Looking at you, Pokin. Um I will yeah. say the rate that they've been doing it has been high for a MOBA, but it's also the release, so they want to get that in yes. early. I I'm just really happy with how many there are. Like I I'm I really enjoy it. I love it. It's like every three weeks now. Like you just get a new guy. Here you go. Yeah. Uh, the only problem I have with it is that it's definitely like following the MOBA strategy of a release where it's just like, yeah, we made him overpowered at launch and then he's bad and because then we tweaked it and now he's not as good anymore. Well, yeah, that's just how you do. Yeah, I know. That way everybody wants to buy him for two weeks. There it is. It's yep. just sad. It's sad. But I, I appreciate Pokemon Unite for what it is. All right. So po- cash grab. Um, <laughs> speaking of cash grab, Pokemon Go. Uh, <laughs> is having its uh, community day for April. They announced it. Uh, it's April 23rd. It's going to be Stuffle. I, th- I found the news about this very interesting, by the way. Um, it, so Stuffle is a new Pokemon entirely. So it's a community day for a brand new Pokemon. This is when it's getting released. But they're reverting the community days from being a six-hour window back down to a three-hour window. Yep. And it's going to be from two to five local time. And it's uh, very, uh, very interesting to me because, like... Because the reason they backed it up was they go, oh, only 5% of players were really playing more than three hours during our six-hour community days. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, but I feel like that's missing the point. It is missing the, the point. The point wasn't that you played all six hours. 
it's not Disneyland. Yeah, it, it's not that it's not that you were playing all six hours. It's that you were choosing which hours to play in. Precisely. Like, and yeah, so I I I kind of got frustrated with that answer. But I mean, I'm also not a big Pokemon Go player. Like, I might jump in for Stuffle because Stuffle sounds fun. But it's uh, definitely it's definitely interesting to me. Yeah, that they were just like, yeah, you know what? We could just not do the thing. And it's just like, yeah, I guess that's true. But well, uh, yeah, it's it just seems like on that and they lowered the incense timer too recently yeah. back to what it was originally. Yeah, I, it just makes no sense to me because the game, I think, is the healthiest it's been in a while with these upgrades. I my yeah. only my only major complaint with Pokemon Go is that it hasn't done anything really new with itself for i don't know since they like updated gyms and did raids almost yeah like pvp i guess was new within that time frame but even then like i don't know that pvp is for everyone uh or that it's a good end game that's that's yeah. just me that's just thoughts on pokemon go Woo! obligatory <laughs> for the new segment every week i'm sorry no check off can... your bingo cards exactly I'm I'm not I'm not doing it anymore. A phrase you will become very familiar with by the end of the episode. Right. Yeah, you will. I'll take the last couple bullets for go. Um, yeah, go for it. So April's research breakthrough is Alolan Marowak, which is cool. Uh there will be an April Fool's Day event that's only happening on April first. We don't know what it is, but some people are thinking maybe it's going to be Zoroa disguising as other Pokemon. Ha 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 ha. Who knows? And I just can't wait for them to get the Digimon license and just do that for a day. <laughs> just for once. Yeah. A 24 hour period. That would be Actually, hilarious. there is like a Pokemon Go for Digimon right now. There, There is. There a, is? Yeah, there's a version of it. Um, It ties into the, like they have these bracelets that are uh, that tie into like your health kind of. It's, it's like a it's like a Fitbit but Digimon themed it ties into that and yeah it, it, it they have literally raids and stuff like that I as can't well. think of something that is less appealing uh yeah it's it's something but it all I, of my knee jerks are not fit to broadcast uh but there are things yeah it, I mean there's there's definitely I understand why people would like it it's not real big in the US but it's uh it's much bigger in Japan obviously mm-hmm makes sense but it, it does exist though it does exist Obviously, smaller base because Digimon always has yeah. a smaller base of people, uh, except for the yeah. anime. The anime is just better. Oh, well. Yeah, but it still had a smaller base. Yes, I absolutely agree. Anyway, final Pokemon Go bullet is that Tapu Bulu will arrive in mid-April, and the Therians will be before and after that. A new Mega will also apparently be released at the end of April, but we don't know what that is yet. I forget how many Megas are left because I don't know how... I don't think there are that many left, actually. What is a Mega? Yeah, they don't exist anymore. It's fine, Seth. You're gonna have to learn real fast, Seth. I know. It's a Pokemon Go exclusive uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, mode of uh, taking your Pokemon past their normal evolution. <laughs> this is to go even further beyond. Yeah, it's when their power levels hit 9,000. <laughs> so that's the news for this week. You can go ahead and uh, check us out at Discord at PuckleDiscord.com if you want to hang out with us and see some of the stuff in action. But other than that, we're going to kick it on over to Puckle's Poke Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. Hello and welcome to the Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. 
I'm Professor Snag with the rules. The co-hosts are working together as a team to answer five Pokemon-themed trivia questions that you, the listeners, have submitted on the Discord server. Each question is worth one point, with Pokedex and multiple answer questions worth more, for a total of seven points. The hosts can use a free hint at any time. If they get all the answers correct without using the hint, they can cash it in for an eighth point. And welcome to the trivia. Thank you for that introduction. We are going to go ahead and we are going to start it off with our trivia questions. Uh, Just general trivia questions for you guys. So our first question for you is going to come from Gliscor Gamer. And Gliscor Gamer would like to know, what is the only Pokemon in Sword and Shield that is coded to learn a move upon evolution but is physically unable to? Um, um, physically unable to, why that word choice? Uh, physically unable to evolve in the game or physically unable to learn the move Uh, because of the evolution. Got it. So it's, uh, I believe what's its bucket. Meltan is supposed to learn Thunder Punch when it evolves, but because it can only evolve in Pokemon Go. That's it. Uh, Meltan is correct. It is coded to learn Thunder Punch upon evolution, but can't evolve because the only way to do it is in Pokemon Go, which is real dumb. I really hope they fix that in Gen 9. Yeah. Please, please just give it an evolution method. Like, Thunderstone. Done. I you did it. You have to it. fill your party with Meltan. That'd be fine with me, too. Like, if it was just like, oh, you need six Meltan or something. I, I would honestly be okay with that. Yeah, as, same. As long as it's something, something is, imp- you know... Something just there. in just something in the game. I really hate that it's locked behind Pokemon Go. Yeah. Not because that Pokemon Go is inherently bad or anything, but I think requiring people to play Pokemon Go, especially to the extent it takes to evolve a Meltan, to yeah, four hundred candy, right? Yeah, it's four. We need four hundred candy. candy, and you still need to like and get the Meltan. Days. Yeah, and to catch the Meltan, you can only open the box like once every three days to get. And like, then how do you get the Meltan. box again? Uh, like, just by connecting not. it to anything to transfer Pikachu, Pokemon. Maybe. Let, well, you can also do it with Pokemon Home now. Oh, yeah, uh, you're right. That's right. You, if you do it with Pokemon Go, it also, or Pokemon Home, which is a much easier method uh, than Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, which was mm-hmm. a, a redheaded stepchild of the Pokemon mainline series. I'll put it in that bin. <laughs> uh, <and> <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all right. Uh, I just hope they put something in soon. Like, please, please just let it evolve normally. I mean, we've changed evolutions already, so let's do it again. All right, our next question is going to come to you from Polywo. Excluding flying type, what is the f- t- what type has its first monotype furthest along in the National Pokedex? Hmm. Okay. Wait. Um, so I guess what? second longest. Uh, so to have a so where what is the first? Uh, so you have monotype Pokemon, right? Um, mm-hmm. And certain types didn't have a monotype Pokemon. Until ver- until for later in the Pokedex. Oh, I see, I see. And I so see. we want to know okay. what type that isn't flying was the one that wait the longest. Uh, Steel didn't have anything very- before Registeel, I believe. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Steel because that one, ha- it was all dual types up till that point. Uh, this uh, this includes uh, regionals. V-types. Oh, then not, then uh, Galarian Meowth changes things. Oh, crumbs. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> well, that's... No, that's a Gen 8 Pokemon. I'll die on that hill. Um, <laughs> that, uh, to be fair, that is what they were using here, because National Pokedex would include regional forms. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Pokedex number would. Uh, Mistrevis comes to mind, so Ghost. Uh, yeah, uh, everything else I think has a monotype other than... So then what about Fair? No, Fairy's got 
stuff early okay. steel dark the question is um dark? if mischievous is before um umbreon i'm just thinking over no meowth Oh yeah, Galarian Meowth. Uh, Alolan, Alolan Meowth is Meowth has screwed us over twice. Yeah, that's just how Meowth work, though. Um, I I think we I think it's probably Ghost. Then there's no regional Ghost types. Yeah, at least not, not that I can think of that are pure. Go- there's Alolan, but it's not a pure type. And then Marowak. the only one I can think of is Corsola, and I think that could be before Mistrevis, but it's still Gen two. Ooh. Ooh. But it's still Gen two. I can't you think of any other type. type. You just Gen two. Yeah, it's just, it's still yeah. Ghost. That's ghost. The point. I'm comfortable with it. Let's do it. Ghost is correct with Mistrevis at National Dex number two hundred. I believe Umbreon Ooh. is actually like one or two before that. It's either one ninety eight or one ninety nine. Thank you, mm. Meowth, for existing. Yeah, you Meowth kinda saved us actually. Yeah, it's really a bummer to see uh, a Cantonian Meowth in the Scarlet <laughs> and Violet trailer because I was kind of hoping they'd keep the meme up of regional Meowths forever. That that would have yeah. been fine until we got eighteen meowths. Yeah, okay. Heck yeah, but have we seen the Silvalli Arceus meowth? <laughs> have we seen? Have we seen the? Have we seen the the Pika clones? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. They're all the same thing. At least, at least with meowth, we got extra. We would get other types. Yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, I would say can't. I like. I love it because they both times used it to show a. A regional evolving in a different way than its predecessor like Galar- alolan meowth evolves via friendship instead of level like persian uh like it does to regular persian mm-hmm. galarian meowth just evolves into berserker which i thought was it, it's very interesting they could use it to explore like to show off the new mechanics or something because it's meowth mm-hmm. and it's silly at that point yeah oh it's well it's just silly all oh, right but either way you guys are two for two your next question is going to be your pokedex entry question as always and this one is going to come to you from Oh, let's do let's do from Liger. It's Pokemon mm. Sword entry reads. It loves to collect shiny things. If it's in a good mood, it might even have a trainer even let its trainer have a look at its hoard of treasures. This sounds very dragon like. So wait, which game is this? Sword. It Sword. loves to collect shiny things. If it's in a good mood, it might even let its trainer have a look at its hoard of treasures. This sounds very gabite, but we had that a couple weeks ago too. <laughs> that means nothing. Um, I know. Uh, it's is it sa- it's not Sableye, right? Because that's whole thing is like it no, eats that would them. eat them. It doesn't have a hoard; it eats them. But Gabite specifically, it mentions it hoards things and gems, and Sableye raid its hoards. You know what? Sure, maybe it's a double bluff. I will say maybe it is. I'll say Gabite. I don't have a better conclusion. Gabite yeah. is incorrect. Okay, oh, dang it. Uh, this is the second entry is going to be from Pokemon Ruby, and oh. it's going. Uh, I'm going to have to replace the Pokemon's name is in this entry, so I'm going to yeah, say yeah. this Pokemon. Um, this Pokemon withdraws its sharp claws into its paws to slinky to slinky sneak around without making any incriminating footsteps. For some reason, this Pokemon loves shiny coins that glitter with light. Be careful not to make a sound. Uh, I mean, it's Meowth, right? Or Persian. Sure. Yeah, that sounds right. Meowth sounds. I mean, Gen better. three, there, there, there aren't a whole lot of things. Yeah, are we going with Meowth? Sure. Yes. Cantonian Meowth is correct. Uh, that's uh, Meowth has gotten me three times today. Dang it, Meowth! <laughs> <laughs> he just likes to collect shiny things. Okay. And apparently, my confidence. 
Yeah. Hey, we only got <laughs> that one. is a shiny That's thing, isn't it? Uh, All right. Your next question is going to be worth up to three points today. There are five answers here. I'm going to for the first set you'll need two for one point four for two points and five for all three this question comes to you from gus in pokemon sword and shield what five pokemon represent the classes of curry ratings coughing copperaja charizard that's three of them um, so that's a point. yes uh, <laughs> there are two more you were missing uh uh, Those are like the three uh, that anybody saw, probably too, because coughing's the worst one, Charizard's the best one, and Copperage's like just below best. Um, so you're missing the two in the middle. Milsery? It's either Milsery or Alcreamy, but I think it's Milsery. Milsery is correct. That's four. There is one more to nice, go for all three. Nice. Do we have strikes? Uh, I'll let you have two strikes, and then yeah, third strike, you're out at the old ball game. I have no idea. It's got to be the one that's Pokemon. like two stars, right? Yeah, that's actually the I one would that's say, left, yeah. Yeah, okay, so kind of like real real bad. So what, what's a Pokemon terrible. that's like not terrible, but not, not good? And coughing was the bottom one. Um, well, because that's just poison, right? Exactly, yes. exactly. <laughs> um, uh, no, it wouldn't be Apple. It's got to be in the the... His, not Hisui, the Galar decks, right? Yeah. I mean, everything else other than Charizard and Coughing, the worst and the best, have been Galarian Pokemon. Well, I just mean, like, obtainable in the region. Yeah, it would be in the region, of course. And I th- I think it would be a Gen 8 Pokemon. I never made a two-star curry. It was either delicious or poison, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Exa- I never even I'm going to need an games, answer so. here. Uh, um... Applin. Applin. That, that's actually very reasonable. Applin's incorrect. I'll give you another try. Dang it. Rapid fire. Um, get two more shots, then you're out. Poltegeist. Poltegeist is wrong. Moving on. <laughs> One more. Uh, uh, the other, I'm pretty sure you're not going to get it. It's okay. Food. The Centiscorch. Uh, 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 Centiscorch tier. Go for it. Scorch is incorrect. All right. The one that Dang you it. missed was Wobbuffet. But, oh, Wobbuffet. Ah, uh, yes, Wobbuffet. Okay. Heavily associated with curry. What was I... Yes. Yes. What were we thinking? Well, How actually, we what does its name mean in Japanese again? I don't know. Isn't it like, no worries or something? So your curry... It's just saying your curry's fine. No, oh, that makes sense. Okay. This is just fine. All right. Well, you guys got two points there. So right now you're at... Five for four. Hey, we can use the hint in the next one. So, hey. Uh, well, you technically haven't gotten anything wrong, so I guess you could cash it in for a point. At the, didn't we just get this one? Oh, no, we got four multiple points. Yeah, yeah, Never you got two Continue. points. Continue. Yep. Uh, moving on, this is your last question, as always. It's your base deck question, and this one's going to come from Zay Paladin. Which poison-type Pokemon, excluding Megas, has the highest base attack stat? Drapion's up there. What's Eternatus is? That's what I was thinking, too. Um, You're going to kick yourself. You're going to kick yourself. Um, Because Eternatus isn't that high. Um, Is it Meowth? Yeah, Poison-type Meowth getting me again. Is it Poison-type Meowth that we just got to know? Wait, is there anything? What were the Poison-types? What was Overquill's attack? Oh, I'm an idiot. It's Sneasler with 130. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. 
I can't think of anything higher. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sneasler is correct with a base Whew. 130. It's uh, Overquill is actually tied for second with the Turnitus at 115. Ah. Uh, then Toxicroak uh, with a base attack what? of 106. Yeah. What? How's that make you feel? Okay. I thought a Turnitus was like base 100. It's 115 attack. Um, They're weird. I don't know. I just are you looking at Eternatus or are you looking at Eternamax? That's a great question. I'm not There's looking no at anything hmm. uh, because people write it down oh, on the no, trivia the sheet for me. <laughs> That's fair. I just remember because I said that. I was like, no, Eternatus has like 140 special attack. And I'm like, it doesn't have the points left. Sure it All does. right. So that's going to change up the standings because you Will guys got though? seven points today. Uh, yeah, kind technically because Seth wasn't on the board. Um, oh, Woo. right. So in first place, we've got Linian with 22 points. Just kind of running Holy away with mackerel. it to the end zone. Uh, yeah, tied for I'm not going to be on for a bit, though. So. <laughs> tied, tied for a second. We've got Mark and Seth Vilo tied for second with seven points apiece. <laughs> in fourth, uh-huh. in, 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 tied for fourth, we've got Whimsicott and Shamu with six. And everybody else is yet to get on the board. Linian just kind of took the pass and just like ran towards the end zone. So... <laughs> Everybody else can catch up, or we could just reset trivia at some point. It's fine. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make it 40 points. I'm gonna pull the rug out from under all of you. Ooh. All right. Well, on that note, we're gonna end it here. And if you want more Pokey Quiz, tune in next week. Until then, we're gonna kick it on over to the topic. Hey, would you like a green Tauros badge? Well, you can have one. If you come over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash pucklepodcast, we are going to be giving them out once we hit $850. We're going to be giving those to every patron at the $10 plus tier because uh, we love you guys. We'd love to see this project made. Of course, if we hit any other thresholds on the way there, such as $800 for the week-long giveaways to the community, that would also happen as well. So if you'd be interested in getting a green tourist badge, be f- feel free. Come on over. Uh, if you can't support the show, don't worry about it. You just listening is enough for us. So until then, though, guys, I'm Thatch, and I'll catch you guys on the flip-flop. And welcome to the topic. Our topic today is going to be a little bit different than usual because both these boys went to St. Louis Regionals, or not St. Louis, Wait, S- Salt Lake. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the S in my head and like the L, and I was like, St. Louis, obviously. And like, that's what I did. <laughs> but it's Salt Lake City uh, Regionals. They went to the Salt Lake City Regionals, and they, I mean, Seth participated. I do not know how well it went. I did not see you mm-hmm. on stream, so I have assumptions. That's a good indication. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to let you guys talk about it because I heard some stories that came out of it we can talk about later. But I, I this is the first event that they've had in person since COVID happened in mm-hmm. North America. I, I think even in general, yeah. honestly, I don't think they've had. Nope. Did they have another one? Because they had, uh, was it Brisbane? Okay. Okay. Yeah. They Brisbane. had an Australian tournament the week before, the, like just before it, which, uh, Played into how that, things yep. went. Yep, that's for sure. Because I was going to ask you guys a lot of questions about the protocol and everything, because I know they're very conscious about uh, COVID when uh-huh. you go there, because I know they require like masks and not cloth masks that so you have to like wear Correct. the medical ones. And they they're being very good about that, very strict about making sure you're vaccinated, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Linian had to go back to his car to get a to get a better one at one point. Well, I I had I had a mask. I did not see the the had to be surgical. So I, I forgot about that a, too. Yeah, yeah. I had I had a cloth one. It was a good cloth one. Like it wasn't just that because it had like a filter thing. Yeah, but I yeah. Did, I didn't want to argue them at all. Like no one wants to be that guy. So I just ran back to my car. I had I had surgical masks. That's fair. My, 
glove compartment. Uh, but they were, they were pretty hard about it in a good way. Um, how you, what happened was like, we, we checked in Friday so that we wouldn't have any problems the, the other days because there, there was a line. There was. Um, but you'd show vaccination card and you had to have, uh, both shots and a booster. Oh, and the booster. If your second shot was not within seven months of the tournament, mm-hmm. that was okay. the rule for the booster. Yeah. And you had to have the booster at, at least two weeks ago. Yep. Okay. Um, so you got, you, uh, you showed them that and then they gave you a wristband, um, that you would wear throughout the whole event. And then after that, you wouldn't check, you wouldn't show anymore. You just, you had the wristband. You would just wave it as you were going in. Yep. Um, and this is in addition to like all the normal bag checks. So there was definitely time where if you did not have one, you would be caught, which we will get to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to hear about that. I, I, yes, keep going. Uh, so like I was, so they're, they're putting on the wristband. He's like, this is for your vaccination thing. Uh, you can shower with it on. Please shower with it on. Please shower. <laughs> did they really say uh, that? Did they really? This weekend. To Lillian well, they to did. To me. I don't know why yes. he looks different than I did, but they didn't give me that speech. I think it was because the guy I was had, uh, had a, had a face of, I've been doing this for hours That's and true. people, people be nasty. I was not. <laughs> I was clean. Uh, <laughs> no, that is a thing that happens though at those things. Like even when we uh-huh. go to like it, the international or not the the national uh, championships and stuff like that. I mean, there's definitely people who aren't hygienic about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. It was. Yeah, it, we were. It was actually not that bad. It wasn't. It was pretty good. And it's not even. It's not even like a traditional con, which is what like really gets me sometimes because you're only uh-huh. there for like you're there. They close down at like seven. Yeah, and yeah. you're not really physically exerting yourself walking around a whole entire convention either. It's just you find your seat, you sit, you play. Well, so well, uh, we were because we couldn't figure out where registration was, so we was, like yeah, walked around this massive thing in like three laps before we found the entrance. That was not ideal. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so I, I know Seth went to play TCG. Yes, and this mm-hmm. is this is probably going to be the happiest part. I just want you to know. <laughs> I just want to know. <laughs> I, I'm just curious about what you decided to play because it's not. It sounded like you're going to bring a meme deck. I don't know if you brought a meme deck or if you decided to play something more standard. It was not, not meme. Okay, so what I brought was not a meme deck, and I had been doing a lot of local testing with it too, and it was doing yeah, really yeah. really well. It, if you guys want to, you can go on the discord server and look in the deck list discussion there's a picture there of what i played almost 100 percent of the cards a couple of them i switched out but um i think i detailed that in there too but the th- the core of the deck 56 of the cards we'll say of the deck are a mu v max deck so okay so you played me v max essentially i played v- mu v max with a 1-1 leafy on v leafy on v star line and a single grass energy Okay, uh, for the uninitiated, because nobody knows what that means other than the Pokemon name, what does that do? Yep, I was getting into that. So yes. the Leafeon V, it has an ability that lets you search your deck for a grass-type energy and attach it to one of your Pokemon in any way you like. However, that ends your turn. Mm-hmm. So I played that so on turn one of going first, where I can't attack or anything, I can toss Leafeon down accelerate one more energy than my opponent so i can maybe have two mews ready to go by turn two instead of just the one and it evolves into leafy on v star which has an attack but i don't have the energy needed for it but i mainly played it for the ability ivy star the v star power that is a free boss's orders allowing me to just yank up something from the opponent's bench so the leafy on is not 
a dead space after you do that turn one play, it actually becomes a free emergency boss's orders later on. So I could theoretically do two supporters in a turn, in a sense. So mm, That's nice. It worked really well a couple of times in locals, but it did. I used it a couple of times at the event, but uh, we can get into my win-loss record now if we want to. Yeah, I please. Yeah, let's, because I think, I think it's uh, very tally. So let's be clear. Uh, Mew is a good deck. It is yes. a very good deck. Yes. It is too good a deck. Yes, However, I am very aware. Mew, for those of you who've been watching the tournament results, there was no Mew deck in the top eight. There was really only really? one in the top 16. What happened? Linian, Linian mentioned that there was the Brisbane Regionals the week before. Oh. Mew took that away. Mew, wasn't it all eight of the top eight were playing Mew? Or a lot of them, at least. And number one spot was, in fact. So everybody, ca- so everybody came to, like, counter Mew? Is that what happened? Everyone brought Mew counters. Let me tell you my matchup spread. So... I played five of the nine rounds. I kept going until it was mathematically impossible for me to make it to day two. So my first matchup was Rapid Strike Malamar, which I could have done better against, I guess. Uh, I could have targeted different things, but that is a hard new matchup to begin with. Because, you know, they have to knock out two things. You have to knock out six. So Yeah, yeah. Very difficult. Rough. And so that was round one. Round two was... I've, I I don't remember the order exactly. Uh, yeah, that's but fine. I the don't matchups care. were a Gengar Arceus deck. Oh no, a, Gengar being a a hard counter to Mew. A hard yeah, counter hits, to Mew. It hits you much faster because it, Mew is weak to Dark in that, and uh, Gengar is Dark. It obliterates it. I'm going to translate from TCG to everyone else. Thank you. Yeah, like if I have three V Maxes on the field, Mew dies. Mm-hmm. And they do damage yeah. based on how many Vs you have out. With for two and energy Mew. too. Stupid. Yeah, and the other thing is Gengar. Uh, the no, sorry, the Mew deck runs an obscene number of Vs on the field yes. to be able to run its engine properly. Precisely. So if either I cripple myself and then they just go for their third, their second attack that just does a flat two forty, and I'm weak to which it, which kills him. Yeah. So like there was no good way to play against that. So that was that was one of the decks. The other one was Arceus Moltres Galarian form. Oh no, which is a dark type. Yep. I actually won against that one because they were just severely unlucky. But still, like, ugh. Uh, one of them was a Mew V Max Mirror, which was the final one that actually I lost closely. I l- cl- very closely both games lost to the, that one. And one of them was a freaking Eternatus deck. Yeah. Which, bad against everything that isn't Mew, real good against Mew. Yeah, like... <laughs> They flip over Eternatus game one, and I'm like, I just lean back in the chair like, okay, fine, have ha- go for it. <laughs> this is not going to be fun. Make it quick. <laughs> yeah, like we got to turn two and I scooped because they had eight Pokemon out. Two of them were fully charged, and I had a single Mew and a single oh, Genesect. No. Yeah, so I went one and four at this tournament, which, Wonderful. you know, I was happy I won, and I was, t- I was thinking it over. I didn't really play badly. It's just I... This sounds like an excuse. I, I swear I'm not making an excuse, but I had a real bad matchup. I have some friends there who were judges. I told them my matchup spread and be like, what the heck, guys? Why you paired me against this? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I went in at a disadvantage because I was playing Mew and I had a target on my back. Yep. Still had fun, but, you know, 
There's only so far you can go. Was there like other stuff to do? I don't know. Because sometimes the regionals don't have that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there were there were a bunch. Of, so that's what I was doing the entire time. Um, they have like I know they have vendors typically, but I don't know if they have other stuff. Mm-hmm. So there were vendors and then they had side events. So okay. uh, you've been to international. So you know what it is. But for yes. the audience, um, what basically uh, is going on is that while the tournament is happening, there are side tournaments. And as people either drop out or uh, people who aren't there to play, just there to spectate, I wasn't competing. Um, I'm considered VGC, but it was, they're like, it's a $60 entry fee. I'm like, I don't care that much. You might yeah. get a hat. Um, Ooh. Uh. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, so I, uh, I was doing side events and things. And so there were either like short tournaments or like booster pack battle kind of things. Uh, there was a, th- <laughs> Seth and I will discuss the raid meta momentarily, yes. but there were like TCG raids. Oh, like the, they have those. I know about these. Uh huh. Those are like official so- rule sets. Yeah, no, they have, the, yeah. they have the official rule set and they, they just like, nobody does it. <laughs> It, it, it was a lot of, well, it was a lot we'll of fun and Seth one. and I found a way to break it over our knees. Yep. Uh, so we, uh, so I was doing that and you would win tickets by doing well in these and then you could use the tickets to like get things like a copy of Legends Arceus was like 13 tickets. Other than that, other than that, it was like just general prize wall kind of things, plushies, hats, like Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. et cetera. Like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. yeah very much like that. Yeah. So, um, we, so I was doing that kind of thing. And when Seth dropped, we spent the next day, uh, with two goals. Uh, one was to get that Gumi plush. Yep. Eight that, tickets. <laughs> that required eight tickets. Oh, they had like the big squishy Gumi. Is it like the big squishy Gumi? It was like eight or nine inches tall. What'd yeah. I know. Th- I know which Gumi you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, it was like surprisingly tall for being How tall a is Gumi. Gumi. And you have to remember that Gumi is like, reasonably spherical so it's not like a it's not like a nine inch lowland executor toy where it's actually not that big like this is a reasonable thing like you could use it as a pillow in emergency yeah gumi's one foot tall in game for you yeah i looked it up too so it's probably (laughs) around life size so yeah very close uh so we we were trying to get that and we were also trying to get bingo yes bingo explain bingo so a couple days prior, <laughs> I had seen some people on Twitter who made their own bingo charts at Brisbane, and a couple okay. of them got bingo, and they were posting them on Twitter like, oh, ha ha, this is so funny. And so Linian and I together created our own bingo card. Okay, okay. What was it? <laughs> and Seth made it seven by seven to make bingo harder. Yeah. Because I... we thought we were just going to check a few things off. We wanted to have more chances for things to happen at all. Five by five <laughs> looked way too easy, and I wanted it odd so there was a free space in the middle, because otherwise it's not fun bingo. So, like, let me read you off a couple of them that Please were do. notable. I've pulled it up, Linian. So I've, I'm looking at the uh, Good, I was Google looking Doc for it. now. There was the, uh, you know, the lofty goal things like Seth makes top cut. Seth wins the whole event. Like there were okay. those. Those weren't going to happen, but yeah. No, they weren't, but they were on the card in case they did. Um, <laughs> and then some of them were like, Oh, it's so cold slash dry slash other weather effect here or somewhat like a competitor complaining about the weather. Yeah, uh, okay. About, about the, the weather. That's yeah. going to happen. That's going to happen. An opponent rule sharks you. Someone shuffles their hand into their deck after they play a Marnie. Instead of putting it on the bottom, we should clarify. Oh, yep. 
uh, other things were um, things like people. Re- I, I have a very uh, particular hoodie from that book series, Seth, and I never shut up about. Yep. And I was wearing it around. So like one of the spaces was someone recognizes my hoodie. Uh, there are over 700 TCG competitors, or there were, there's there? a family there were a with at of, least three there kids. There were 614 masters, and I think like okay. 30 juniors, and it was just shy of 700 TCG. Just shy. I, it was pretty close, I thought. Well, I think there aren't so, they, they were limited on how many because of COVID, though. I think they were limited. No, they weren't. Were no. they not? Okay. They were limited, but their limit was like eight or 900. Mm. There, was, there was a lot of space that was unused in the room that they had rented. I yeah. wonder if that's because there aren't as many local events happening. And so people don't feel like going out and trying. From my understanding, Salt Lake City is a harder one to get to that a lot of people skip out. Number one, it's usually expanded. Oh, and number two, okay. it's kind of just harder to get to for TCG people. So okay, that was a pretty good turnout, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and um, even though we're an airport hub, uh, there's not a lot of like, other than the hotel that was like partnered with it, there's not a lot of walking distance hotels. Yeah, understandable. So I, I can see why people skipped it. One bingo card item that Linny and I just were absolutely giddy over the entire time after it happened um, <laughs> <laughs> was, wait, are you Linny and slash Seth from Puckle? Oh, that did, oh, well, it probably happened from Mikey. Mikey yeah, was exactly. Mikey's always there. Mikey from Pokemon us- Crossroads is always there. Uh, I love yes. that guy. He saw us playing because we, we both had the Puckle play mats because yes. we, you know, purchased those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we we were playing, and then he's like, "Hey, you guys listen to Puckle?" And Seth's like, "After a fashion, <laughs> <laughs> you could say that I say verbally." And then he recognized. <laughs> he recognized the voice. It was yeah. fun. It uh, was really yeah. cool. We took a picture with him, and it was great. We we were freaking out. He was freaking out. It was the coolest thing in the oh, world. Yeah. Mikey's always at those things. He he's, he uh-huh. likes judging Pokemon a lot, so he does that all the time. He's always at every international challenge, and he usually runs the little prize wall booth for the side mm-hmm. events there were a couple people too that you know you'd you'd pull out the play mat and they're like oh cool where'd you get that and i'm like oh that's actually the podcast that i'm oh, a part that's of that's why the somebody bought one probably somebody Maybe, bought it I and know. i forgot to ship it i need to ship it Whoop. Uh, but yeah so if you're a new <laughs> listener that i introduced you to the show for <laughs> admit that on air why don't you <laughs> i'll ship it to you on monday i promise <laughs> But yeah, welcome to Puckle if you're new. This is fun. <laughs> you get to hear us gossip about Woo! you. Yeah. Yep. Uh but so so Seth dropped, so we started yeah. we, we're gonna like we're gonna farm side events. And there were two interesting stories that came out of that before we get into the stuff that came out of like the thing as a whole. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um the first uh I feel is the Kyogre deck. Oh, my brother's gonna is freak it, out for this one. Is this the Kyogre deck that I think it is? Like is I is think this, it probably pro- well, is. So how the deck works is you use Cryogonal yeah, to okay. cheat a bunch of energy yep. super fast, and then you have a deck that's basically almost pure water energy. It's like energy almost. plus and then you have Kyogre. And then the Kyogre comes up and then hits things on bench, and it's really cool, and it does a million damage, but it's so inconsistent. Yeah. Kyogre's attack reads that it's a three energy attack, and it reads for you discard the top five cards of your deck. For every energy you discard in this way, deal 50 damage to two of your opponent's benched Pokemon. So if you discard five water energy with this attack, you deal 250 damage to two targets. Which is insane. 
But also, it's so inconsistent, the deck as a whole is so hilariously inconsistent, it's a terrible idea. It's a hilarious meme, and my brother told me that I should just play that in the tournament, because when I was practicing with him a little bit, he's not really into TCG, he kind of only barely knows what he's doing, but he beat me five times in a row with the Kyogre deck. Because he high-rolled five times in a row. Uh, and so I sent a picture of, him, of of me with a cryogonal in front of me and a hand of five water energies to, to my brother and my IRL friend group. And he laughed his head off. He's underselling how good the picture is. Because it's him giving... I mean, he's got the mask, so you can't see the face. But an unmistakable, like, little goblin grin <laughs> as he's playing this deck against a literal child. A literal uh, child. He was is, very good. He was, yeah, no, he was beating Seth and it wasn't close, which no. is even, which makes the picture funnier. <laughs> With a single Kyogre on board, nothing on bench, his <laughs> opponent has a completely set up board, again, a kid, making it even funnier, and Seth is flashing his hand like he's got a secret play and it's all water all energy. All water energy. <laughs> I am the It is one of the best photos I've ever seen. Uh, uh, so we mentioned the raid events. Yes. So how they work. <laughs> How they work is uh, four players are basically all playing their own game. Okay. So uh, they're all playing their own game, and at the end of every turn, we all attack the boss, uh, and then we resolve attacks in any order, and then the boss gets to do a bunch of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The goal is to have the boss, first of all, the goal, like, HP isn't a thing. The goal is at the end of everyone's turn, all four players and the boss itself, whatever damage is left is divided by 40, and for each one that is left, they lost zone one card from the boss deck. Otherwise, it keeps shuffling oh, back in from their discard. And the, so I that's how you defeat the boss. They discard their you deck. You deal enough damage that all of their cards go away. Yeah, which normally, like, if, you, if you've if you dealt 400 damage, which is respectable for four people, especially early on in the game, if you've dealt 400 damage to it, it'll discard 10 cards from the top of its deck into the lost zone, and then they continue on. And this game is designed to take 30, 45 minutes, something along that line. That makes sense. So Seth is reading the rules. Yeah, very carefully. And then kind of quirks an eyebrow and says, we get to choose the order the attacks are resolved. I know what I'm playing. And I go, okay. So we're playing it and, um, we get to, we get to the boss and this is turn two. Turn two. So this two. has been going maybe 10 minutes. The, the judge is running two events at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, hey, I'll be right back for my turn. You just got, you guys play it out. Keep that track kind of, of the damage you away. do. So. I do my attack, and I do a respectable, uh, like, 200 damage. Yeah, you were playing single strike, so that was within range. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, another player, uh, doesn't have anything set up, so he deals 20 damage. 40. He uh, hit for weakness. <laughs> uh, the other guy, uh, hits for, like, 100. So it's, like, 230 damage or whatever. Yeah. I think it was, like, 340 was the total. Something and like that. And then Seth goes, okay, I attack with Sable IV. I deal 60 damage. Times the number of damage this thing has taken. Yeah, okay, Sable IV is definitely the right play. You're correct. Yep. So he dealt like the 3,000 I think that game was 3,000 damage. <laughs> and so it, it, we won in like 10 minutes. The judge comes back and he's like, what did you do? Like how much how much damage did you do to this? So, so then we were like, okay, this is too good. We have to try it again. So we get in and this time we coordinated with everyone. Yes. And we dealt, uh, over 4,000 or something 4, damage in one. Se- there were 70 damage counters. So 70 times 60. Enough to overkill the boss by like 50 cards. 
four thousand two hundred and ten damage. Like it was insane. We almost did double his full health in one attack, and the judge just looks at us and just starts laughing. Plus the seventy damage. Yeah, the seventy damage counters that were on it. So that thing had four thousand nine hundred and ten damage done to it in one turn. Yep, that checks which, out. After it resolved its turn, it had healed like 200. So, oh, go, oh, 4,700. And <laughs> the total number of cards that he was required to discard was 118 cards. That's two entire decks almost. <laughs> that one we unfortunately had to go to turn three on because it took me one more turn to charge up the Sableye than expected. But turn three for a thing that's designed to last an hour. I guess I have another question for you absolutely mm-hmm. so i want to know about the the spice okay you told me there were things that happened i want to know the spice i think this is like the last <laughs> thing because <laughs> if not i've got i mean i've got the story that like hit the news actually yeah. <laughs> we, we should tell that that story because uh. <laughs> as far as i remember linian you and i didn't see any of that happening that was kind of on the vgc side well it was on it was two things it was vgc and it was uh day two before uh, it was day one. Yeah, after we, we had left. both peeled away because ah, we went yep. to like we went to get food, eat, and like went away from it where everything was happening. And let me so calm yeah. down. This <laughs> for everybody at home. Like a VGC player tried to get in without being vaccinated, and they were just like, "No." Then he came back and tried to bribe one of the people at the entrance who worked for TPCI directly, and was told, yeah. "No, please get away. You're no not welcome here." Then somehow still snuck into the event. It was very easy to sneak in, I will say. Uh, And then he started playing, and then they caught him in round two, seeing that he didn't have a wristband. And then they called the police to escort him, but then when the police came to grab him, he, like, tried to run away from them. Oh, my word. Yeah. Oh, I'm sad we missed this. I know. I would have been popcorned. Yeah, it's it's like a complete, like, this is complete nonsense. It's, It's completely nonsense. My favorite thing that came out of that is the tweet of the other guy yeah. that he was playing. He's like, well, my round two opponent just got arrested. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think this is a buy, question mark? I think this is a buy. <laughs> that, yeah. it's, it's really awkward. Yeah. Another interesting thing that happened, too, which was late into day two, uh, the guy who, on TCG anyway, who was in eighth place at the time, uh, apparently got DQ'd for apparently marking cards or something yes. like that. Yeah, so that I saw that. Having marked sleeves. They they said yeah. he had marked sleeves. I don't know, but like I don't, the thing I, don't I read about that it was yeah, it it made it seem like it might not have been true, but it was more of like a safe call just to like not get anybody exactly. upset. Exactly. I yeah. think he was. I heard something about him appealing it or something like that. I don't. I don't know the details. Yeah, I think but he was, probably had like a bent sleeve on a card through probably accidentally, which is easy to do. Which is easy to do, and they thought maybe that was marked cards. Yep. Because I think somebody like saw which cards were marked were marked in quotes, and they're just like that doesn't make any sense. I'm very confused. <laughs> exactly, like a single energy or something stupid. Yeah, like that. exactly. So that that's a, had we had that bingo card, that would have been opponent rule sharks you. So we could have marked that one off. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, it, that definitely happened. It was. It, I yeah. mean, that, things like that happen at every event. Like my favorite one. Uh huh. My favorite one that happened in the past was like when we would like they did like a mass dq of a bunch of vgc players because they filled up the team sheets wrong nice mm-hmm. i always thought that was a good chuckle because then like they started complaining they're like nobody ever takes it seriously and i go yeah but like that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it right yeah like i don't know it it just seems very 
very weird to me when they complain about those things. Oh, one thing that happened that was real interesting. They were, you know, we were talking about how how strict they are with the rules and how they have to be. Mm-hmm. And I heard I was talking with one guy who got a game loss because he took a sip from his water bottle outside of the designated eating and drinking area during oh, the game. Oh no. That's yeah. And judge saw it happen. Either a judge saw it happen or his opponent raised his hand and the guy got a game loss. That's just what happened. Wow. So follow the rules, people. Like, especially if you're going to go to these regionals, please, for your own sake and for the sake of having fun at the tournament, follow the rules that are posted. If you don't know them, find them and read them carefully because he was just having a sip of water. He thought it was food only. Nope. It's anything that goes into your mouth. Yeah. So I can imagine that. That's intense. Yeah. That's actually really intense. I mean, I'm glad to hear that. Loss. I don't know. It doesn't sound like the thing that I'm most excited about or the thing that I'm happiest about with this is that it happened and the news to come out of it wasn't too much different than what you would normally expect out of a regional. Yeah. (laughs) Except for the guy who's like running away from the cops. But like the guy getting arrested is a little unusual. Okay. (laughs) So to be fair, not as unusual as you would think. Yeah, because we had those guys a couple of years ago at Worlds that just like decided they were going to put guns in their trunks and then got arrested. Oh, I remember that. Oh, so that was weird. It was amazing, though, just kind of I had only been to one regional before, but I had been to other like small cups and events in the area. Yeah, it was just so nice feeling and feeling normal again in a way. And yeah, Mm -hmm. we were in masks. Yeah, there were rules, but. You know, the the meme is nature is healing. And it was just so, so nice to be back and able to do this, this thing. Well, especially for TCG, especially for yeah. TCG. Because mm-hmm. that's it. Ugh, it was nice. And and <laughs> for there were a couple Twitter posts that I saw. They had, you know, the table, the big plastic tables that you normally mm-hmm. can fit six people at, which yeah. at previous regionals, they would cram all six people into each one of those. Yes, tables. they would. Well. In this one, there were four. There was a big space in the middle between you and the guys next to you sharing the table. And some people commented, like, is it even a regional if you're not hitting elbows with the guys to your left and right? (laughs) I want to stress just how much space there was because they did not use all of it. And it was really well spaced out. Good for them. uh, Because they took the entire, like... More than that before. Like, when I went to St. Louis, it was crammed. It wouldn't have worked for Knoxville because that was 1,400 people for TCG alone. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that, to... that spacing would not have worked for that. And, but no. It was the entire like vendor space, stage, merch space, artist alley zone for Salt Lake Comic Con for just this. Yeah. So it was huge. And they, uh, they used most of it. Not all of it, but most of it. Yeah, which is good. Mm-hmm. It needed the spacing for the current climate. So No, it absolutely did. But uh, what I'm saying is it was safe and I'm glad. Exactly. Yeah. I felt yeah. safe there. I felt fine there because I knew every, all of my opponents were vaccinated. We all followed the rules for the most part with masking, keeping those on. The masks were all of a certain quality level. Like, I felt fine. I didn't have any stress from that. It was stress from losing constantly that I was having <laughs> to deal with. It happens. I it happens. I mean, you're planning yeah. on going to more though, right? Like you're planning on attending more. I've changed my plan a little bit. So okay. my plan now, my, I was going to go to like three more, um, but for financial reasons and for just general strategy reasons, if I had gotten some CP here, I might have 
continue to go to the ones in May. Mm-hmm. But I championship got, points. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's what you. T- that's what it takes to be invited to the world tournament. Um, I got nothing, and it, they still haven't dropped the requirement of five hundred points. Really. That's insane yeah, to me. Yeah. Well, I guess it's because there's been well, no, because there wasn't really a CP opportunity last year. Nope, there was. There none. really wasn't. Yeah, there was none at all. And so they haven't dropped that requirement. So the only way, if I had won this whole thing, Salt Lake, I would have gotten two hundred points. Yep. So I, I wouldn't even be halfway there. The others are mm-hmm. also of similar point payout kind of level. There is one, however, that is a five hundred point payout if you win the whole thing. Are you talking about that internationals? Is- Yep, that is NAIC <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio in late June. So, Thatch, I'm going to be in your area. Then well, talk my, to me. Oh, we'll, we'll instead get, of going we'll to go all get, of them. Yeah. We can go instead together. Instead of going to all of them, I'm just going to go to that one. And that sounds fun. Also, we'll get together. We can hang out. I'm thinking I may be needing to buy a car soon, and the less money I can spend on airline tickets to go play cards, the more money I can save for the car. Honest answer is I have too much vacation time right now anyway, so yeah. we could hang out. <laughs> hey, uh... We'll hang out. So, it ended yeah. up working out because I didn't even have like my my office was closed because it was a school thing. Mm-hmm. It was like a school spring break kind of thing. So I was just I just picked him up at the airport. We chilled out. We had good food. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. that sounds like a good time. Yeah, we could do that. Definitely, definitely talk to me, Sethy boy. NAIC baby. I think it's like June twenty four or something like that. Uh, I'll double check because mm-hmm. I have to go to Nashville another around that time. But we'll see. Yeah, June 24th through 26th is when that one takes place. Maybe I'll just take that whole week off. Uh, Ayo. Cause, well, because so now we get Juneteenth off, right? So I, oh, I, get, yeah. I, I get the Monday off that week. So we'll see. All right. Well, this is a good place to stop. This was an interesting talk. I really appreciate yeah. you guys taking the time to do that today. And we're going to go ahead and kick it on over to the Pokemon of the episode. We will catch you on the flip-flop. And welcome to the Pokemon of the episode. Our Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 384, Rayquaza, the Sky High Pokemon. Uh, It's Alpha Sapphire Dex entry reads, It flies forever through the ozone layer, consuming meteoroids for sustenance. The many meteoroids in its body provide the energy it needs to, and then the rest of the entry is blank. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had a dream that you... um, you did you ever have a dream and you thought it was real but it was a fever dream and it was <laughs> you, you do you know no, and then you, you and then um i when you, you don't know what we're talking about could. it's great <laughs> yeah rayquaza is a decent pokemon base 680 obviously decent because pokemon decent okay the problem is it's not decent because zashin exists okay <laughs> yeah fair fair, fair zashin fair. exists in that meta and because zashin exists it's just like hey what pokemon are you gonna run with your zashin today and the answer is mm-hmm. more like more than likely kyogre yeah uh but yeah it requires as base 105 hp 150 attack 90 defense 150 special attack which is actually really nifty and like i feel like people sometimes forget that pokemon will have g- equal stats in both and yep. and they'll forget that you can just like icy wind with three quasa for fun mm-hmm. and it's like semi-viable and profit yeah special defense of 90 speed of 95 95 is a little wonky but we'll we'll take it we'll <laughs> take it and poor boy there's another stat there's another set of stats here and i don't know what it's for anymore uh on bulbapedia but it's fine <laughs> it, it, th- these are the stats of Rayquaza. I think you can use those if you want. I mean, it says there anything goes, so... That's that's how it works. 
The team this week is the same team that we presented last week, but with adjustments, because as I mentioned, when I had test played it, uh, there were a lot of issues with the team, mostly Incineroar. And Ernie, who built the team, uh, spoke with me and he gave me an updated version that I think can handle Incineroar in much better because Incineroar was just the major problem because you have, you have a Zamazenta on this team. This is obviously in the crown form with its rusted shield. Uh, and it, it's got 180 HP, 108 attack, 200 special defense, 20 speed, and adamant nature because it's there just to make Rayquaza better because it's just going to howl, to, which is interesting because nobody runs howl ever, uh, but mm. it's actually one of those moves that boosts your opponent or your, your partner as well. Not your opponent. Not your oh. opponent, but your partner. So you can howl yeah. and the Pokemon next to you will also get an attack boost. So Okay. Yeah, that's why it's interesting. Uh, and it's got Behemoth Bash because you might as well. Uh, Wide Guard, which is very interesting as well. I really love Wide Guard because it doesn't actually get the same like protect nonsense if you use it sequentially. And you, it's also got Crunch for coverage. Uh, this is pairing mm-hmm. well with our boy today, Rayquaza, who has a Focus Sash, the the Airlock ability, which present prevents stuff like Kyogre. Which I was saying, what do you want to run with your Zacian? Do you want to just want to run with Kyogre? <laughs> So it really prevents Kyogre from really getting rolling, which is really great because the top cores are like Zacian Kyogre cores for these teams right now in VGC. But also this mm-hmm. format is all, it always gets tired, right? Very quickly. I look, Zacian Kyogre is insane because I looked over at the Salt Lake regional yes. stream and then, you know, they were just, it was a mirror. Yeah. I was like, uh-huh. It's, yep, this is what I expected. Yeah. This is why I'm not playing. Yeah, VGC, especially in the GS Cup formats, gets kind of nasty. Um, it always settles very quickly because, and then a lot of players don't play, so you don't get as much innovation as you typically would, which is unfortunate. Yeah. 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 Uh, but this Rayquaza, 252 attack, 252 speed, which can take the howl from the Zamzenta if you set, set them next to each other. He, it is running protect. Dragon Ascent, Earthquake, and Extreme Speed. Earthquake, because if you get if you can go big and you can get yourself that speed boost, you can outrun Azashian, finally. And then you can probably hit hit it with Earthquake or with a Max Quake or something like that. Uh, and Extreme Speed is just always good, so you can always get a quick attack on something that might outspeed you. Or you could even get a, a Max Strike out, but who cares about that? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll go on to the next couple. I'll let you go, Linian. Yeah, so we've got Regieleki doing Regieleki things. It's got the ability of Transistor. It's level 50. Uh, it's got uh, 4 HP, 252 special attack, 252 speed with a timid nature, because if you have one thing a Regieleki can do, it go fast. Uh, it's got Volt Switch Electro Web for speed control, holding a magnet so those both hit pretty hard, and then Protect and Hyper Beam, because Regieleki's move pool is abysmal. Yes, it is. Uh, that hyper beam is like your coverage. I, I, it's really sad. Yeah. Well, at the very least, it lets you do max strike pretty hard. Yeah. Well, you also need to. Ha- Regilecki needs this limited move pool, or Regilecki would be too good. Agreed. Yes, absolutely. So it's it's one of those things. But continue. So basically, you're going to use Electro Web for speed control, protect for baiting, and uh, hyper beam can be used for needing something dead immediately. I'm about to die. <laughs> I'm about to die. I'm going to do a bunch of damage. Or if for some reason you're in the position where Regieleki is your best Dynamax Mon, having it for max strike for additional speed control isn't horrible. Yes. Don't try not to be in that position. But if you're in that position, you can safely Dynamax Regieleki without losing your speed control from the Electro Webs. Woo. When you think about it, max strike is just a really strong Electro Web. 
Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we've got Grim Snarl with an Iron Ball. It's got Prankster as its ability because why? Why would you not? You want to run Magician. Uh, 252 HP, 52 attack, 140 defense, 60 special defense for speed with an adamant nature. You're riding Reflect, Light Screen, and Trick. You're going to get that Iron Ball stacked on something you don't like. You're going to get your screens up, and uh, Spirit Break fills out your last slot, because you might as well hit something hard, and Fairy is really good coverage. Yeah. Uh, and also, doesn't it get an attack drop or something? It, I, I was trying to remember. I was going to ask if it drops attack or special attack. Spirit special. Break drops special attack. A spirit Break special, special attack. Well, that's even better against so, Kyogre. <laughs> against Kyogre, yes. Against Zacian. No. But yeah. why are you running it against the Z- You put the lagging tail on the Zacian, hopefully. Well, Iron Ball, but yeah. Or the Iron Ball. That's my that's my bad. I forgot which one. Uh, Seth. But yeah, no, that, that's what you do on that. Uh, or And you throw Reflect <clears throat> as well, um, if you live that long. Seth, I need you to tell All me right. more about the things that Ernie changed so that you can actually deal with Incineroar now on this team, which make me very happy. Absolutely. Yeah, first we've got our first anti-Incineroar measure, and that is Tapu Fini, holding leftovers. Ability is, of course, Misty Surge. And the EVs are as follows. 200 HP, 136 defense, 80 special attack, 88 special defense, and 4 speed with a modest nature. Attacks are Muddy Water, Grass Knot, Protect, and Dazzling Gleam. That's some good spread damage, because Muddy Water and Dazzling both hit both opponents. Um... Muddy Water hits Incineroar nice and super effectively. Grass Knot hits Kyogre. It's a good special attacker for the team, which was kind of lacking outside of Regieleki. And status is always nice to avoid. It always is. And it resists the Flare Blitz. And the mm-hmm. knockoffs. Yep. So good for you, Feeny. Or Snarls or whatever. It's whatever. mostly Snarls. I don't think Knockoff sees as much play in VGC nowadays. Yeah. This, is, this is my OU brain thinking. Uh, OU also lets you bring in, like, a bajillion legacy moves. Yeah, very mm. true. Legacy moves are the only thing that's making me just go like, oh, you maybe you just need to not like. Yeah, because legacy moves, I think, ruin a lot of folk. It breaks a lot of things. Yeah. Can, can you just can you just chill? Can you just chill a little bit? Yeah. Oh, you. Yeah, just like le- no legacy moves, please. Anyway, moving on from there, we have another anti-Incineroar measure, and that is Incineroar itself holding an assault vest with the ability Intimidate, and the EVs are 200 HP, 44 attack, 252 defense, and 12 speed. It's got an impish nature, so it's taking hits for days after Intimidate, and moveset is Fake Out, Darkest Lariat, Snarl, and Flare Blitz. Ooh. That's good. Uh, yeah, Incineroar is unfortunately a good counter to Incineroar, <laughs> and it makes me sad. Yeah, it can't do much back, but it can make it not do much to you. Yes, yes. It it helps out with that to not die to Incineroar. Um, also, yeah. Incineroar itself just handles things like Zacian a little bit better, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, one of those, it, it's one of those unfortunate circumstances. Yeah, hence the almost max-max defense. My dream for Gen 9 is that Incineroar just isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> all the other all the other starters just not in Cinnabar. Okay, I'm still surprised that we don't have certain starters in Gen 8, but that's fine. And yeah. I, I would really just, like, if they're going to do that again in Gen 9, like, maybe Incineroar can sit on the bench for a Gen. I'm just saying. Yeah. Because it's, it's very, over, like, we, we've complained years about Lando T, right, in OU. It ain't got nothing on Incineroar. Yeah, Incineroar was worse in VGC. significantly 
it was in VGC for a time. Mm-hmm. It's it's now just about at the level of what Landorus is in OU now. Like Incineroar is definitely the same. It definitely stagnates play just as much as I would assume. Probably more so, in my opinion, in VGC than it does than even Lando does in OU. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. But yeah, yeah, this is the team this week. You could actually take this team and use it in the upcoming uh, event to get your shiny Galarian Moltres. So definitely consider that. And if you're a patron, you can get the shiny version this week because I'll remember to do it because I don't have to write proposals this week. So we got that going for us, which is nice. It's going to be a great time all around for everybody. All right. So on that note, we're going to kick it on over to the mailbag. It's mail time. Sending your emails. And welcome to the mailbag. The mailbag is the part of the show where you email us at pucklepodcast at gmail.com and we'll probably be nice and read your email on the show. We'll go ahead and uh, just send us one at pot. Like we said, we usually have a topic. We wanted to ask you guys what you had on your wish list for Scarlet and Violet last week. And as always, this segment is brought to you by the fictional energy drink, Green Tauros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. Hooves. I'm the only one who does it anymore. Hooves. What? Yeah, uh, what? <laughs> And as always, we will go ahead and give the Green Taurus badge to anybody we deem worthy of doing things that we really like, I guess. I don't know. We're we're very fickle gods. Uh, <laughs> so, And we are gods. Pray. Credentials definitely change from week to week. <laughs> Please. You are mere gods. I am a lord. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. Well, our first email this week is going to be from Zay Paladin. That's what he has me. to say. Yeah. He starts off, what it do, Puckle Crew? Boy, do I have some mildly spicy items on my wish list for you. Yikes. Most of these are mainly quality of life improvements for Scarlet Violet, but at the end I'll reveal a great idea for a water fire type regional variant. First thing on my wish list is the ability to release Pokemon in bulk from your boxes in the main game. The worst part of breeding is, yeah right, the worst part of breeding is once I finally get the Pokemon with the right ability, optimal AVs, shiny, it takes so long to empty my boxes, especially if you have my shiny luck. I've spent a tedious amount of time cleaning out Beldum one by one. I know you can do this via home, but having an in-game feature for this would make it much more streamlined and user-friendly. I think if it's in home, it should be in the game. If it's in home, it Agreed. should be in the game. Yeah, and like maybe give you little pebbles for it. Like every 10 you release is a bottle cap. Legends Arceus did do that very mm-hmm. well. Yeah. The second item on my wish list comes from Pokemon Legends Arceus. Funny you mention. I like how when you release Pokemon, you got items from doing so. Oh, shoot. He read my mind. Now, I'm not sure what a good equivalent would be, but it would be cool to receive TMs from Pokemon you release. One element to shake it up would be you get a different or better TM depending on what level you're releasing. Not only would this boost the incentive to catch more Pokemon like in PLA, but it would be great in lieu of the TMs received from max raids in Sword and Shield. Well, if they wanted to keep it more one-to-one with PLA, what they could do is if it's under a certain level, you get a one of the wings that give you one EV. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. then if it's over a certain level, so like, let's say the Pokemon gives you three HP EVs, right? So you would just instead get one HP wing when you release that Pokemon. Like you just use the the EVs that it gets from defeating it. Absolutely. And then you just give out, oh. give out wings, or if it's a high level, like a vitamin. And then if you want to introduce a five, like a five-a-min, like... <laughs> 
instead of ten, uh, it gives five, and so now you have three tiers. And at the higher okay. level it goes, the more points you get for releasing it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's very vi- viable. Even then, you can just get five wings. It doesn't matter. Last but not least, I I have a great suitor for the first non-legendary water fire type Pokemon, Tentacruel. At first, you may think, what, how, or more reasonably, why? Well, let me tell you. When you get stung by a jellyfish, what does it do? It burns, of course. I think a fiery jellyfish would be a unique design with a lot of possibilities, especially with the red orbs on its head. Plus, you could have a signature move like Galarian Articuno, where it has the status affliction to call back to its old type, a flamethrower that can poison, for instance. Finally, with the location drawing from the Iberian Peninsula, it would be a great regional to show adaptation to the climate, as the warmer area could make Tentacruel take on a part fire type. I actually really like that as a concept for Tentacruel, particularly. Yeah. I think it's a really good one. If it's the Iberian Peninsula, I mean, there's the Portuguese Man of War, which is a stinging jellyfish, but that would be like flying type, because its whole thing is that it's actually like, it's drifting on the waves, catching wind. Mm-hmm. Sort of, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's also several animals in one. Actually, are those even from Portugal, or is that just what they called them? I don't know, actually, now that I think about it. That's actually very possible. <laughs> I'll have to look into it later. Oh, yeah, no, they they they, they can be found uh, in the Atlantic, and uh, given that they have no, like, habitat so much as it's where they blow around, um, we'll say they can show up in Portugal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, wrapping up. If you ask me, I think overall this is a pretty good wish list, a pinch of delusion with the main ingredients being pretty grounded and simple. However, if you slander my favorite squishy boy, you better expect a firm rebuttal. Just kidding. Love you guys. Y'all are great. Keep up the great work. Till next time, Z Paladin. (laughs) Firm rebuttal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for that one, Z Paladin. We're going to get another email. I dropped it. It's going to be from Pokemon Trainer Matt, a new writer. This one is for Linian, I believe. Ooh, yes. Hi, Puckle team. I was compelled to write in this week about what I'd like to see in Scarlet and Violet, as these are ideas for modern Pokemon that I've had for a while and love to hear your thoughts on them. Oh boy, you picked the wrong crowd. Uh, The first thing I'd like to see is a proper NPC day-night cycle, having the same NPC stand in the same place and say the same inane dialogue over and over, no matter how much... The game has changed to reflect the story immediately ruins the immersion for me. Uh, Breath of the Wild was able to make people in the various towns and villages seem alive. Why can't Pokemon five years later? Adding on to this, I hope they continue with the dedicated side quests implemented in PLA and expand on this with random NPC encounters in the overworld, similar to strangers in GTA five or battling or travelers battling moblins in Breath of the Wild. I'm a little okay with that. I, I like the, the rotating NPC day night cycle. I'm okay with that. As long as. I don't think it works when your day night cycle is like Pokemon's where it's not where it's based on the actual clock. Yeah, because then it can be like, oh, I need to talk to this. I need to come back in six hours. Yeah, I really dislike Um, that. And mm -mm. if you did it, any NPC that did anything like even give you items would have to be 24 seven. So you just have like maybe five in a town that rotate and that's rough. Yeah. Um, Then you're putting a lot of effort in for minimal returns. Yes. Uh, All right. I digress. Move on. (laughs) Yeah. I'd also love to see the return of daily events, like the bug catching contest. Imagine every Tuesday and Thursday in Swish, Kabu holds a Pokemon catching contest somewhere in the wild area with the task to catch the rarest or biggest or egg move mon for a cool prize, like an Apra Ball. Animal Crossing is so successful with daily tasks, and I feel like they're a perfect fit for Pokemon to become a living game of sorts and to keep players interested. This would also be strengthened by more engaging cutscenes, but I won't go there today. 
Um, they'd be strengthened by having minimal to no cutscenes if it's going to be something you're repeating often. I would be fine with a bug catching es- contest esque event. I would like that. Yeah, as as if the daily events are fine as long as they're daily. fun on their own and not just a well a that they're daily and b there's fun on their own. Yes, they're not just hey. I'm uh, doing this to lock to put all the stones here, so you have to engage with it. Like I should want to do the thing. I know. I agree. I absolutely agree. I think the bug catching contest is still like the gold standard, only because they've never done it again. Um. Yeah. The like Safari Zone is cool, but then it's like I have to get this one thing. Like the the daily Safari encounters. Mm-hmm are awful in BDSP, and they were in uh, the, the original two, and they've never been fixed. They were always bad. Um, yes, agreed. As, as long as it's, like, ways to get more stuff rather than ways to, like, lock things behind differently, mm-hmm. that'd be good. I think you make it a way just to get evolution stones or something. Though the wild area kind of fixed a lot of issues that I had with with the bar on evolution. Yeah, like, re- recurring, regenerating items were good. Uh what they should do is just have that be a way to get money post-game. Post-game, like, money... Legitimately, that would just make something so much easier. Yeah, money or, I don't know, just... Well, nuggets are the answer, right? You just do big nuggets, and you're done. Yeah, you give out nuggets or proteins, that kind of thing. Yep. Nuggets or vitamins. Yep, hard agree. Finally, I really feel like there needs to be a dedicated and accessible VGC tutorial and training facility. If they want to push VGC, increase participation, have it become an eSport, actually teach your players how to play it. Have proper team building and gameplay tutorials and make sure all the required items, hyper training and EVs and resources are in one place. Actually promote VGC in the game. They did that. I feel like I feel like I feel like two thirds of what he said happened in Swish. Yeah, a lot of that has. Um, a lot of it has happened repeatedly since S, X and Y as yeah, well. I think. Well, I uh, think particularly like the proper team building gameplay tutorials. Uh, yeah, that was for battle control of facility. EVs. Yeah. Even then, I think. Like you just look, you look at Sword and Shield, and they end you literally on a double battle with, uh, yep. with, with, uh, oh my gosh, Raihan. Raihan. Yeah. yeah, I see his face. Like, uh, but like you end on a double battle there, which I think is great because it's just like this is what we do for VGC. And then they go and in Sword and Sh- in uh, Isle of Armor, you your little villa, you have all your vitamins in one place, you have all of your items in one place for competitive. And they've done that pretty well since at least X and Y. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I will point out is, uh, you do not want them to promote VGC in the game. No, I don't want reasons. that. Uh, one, uh, VGC will end before the game stops selling. You can still buy new copies of, uh, like Ultra Sun at some stores. Fair. You don't yeah. want part of those games locked off or people talking about things that aren't, that don't exist. I can pop open a game, uh, a Pearl version and while, yeah, a lot of the online's shut down, largely it doesn't affect anything in the game. The game runs on its own. Mm-hmm. I don't want a bunch of people telling me that I should go compete in the real world. Um, a, it's going to shatter emergent, immersion completely. And uh, B, it will go away before the game goes away. Pokemon needs to think about its design as slightly more evergreen than that. Like, there's still some disposability, but not that much. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Uh, and then he goes, sorry if this is too long. I've tried to keep this as brief as possible and am keen to hear your thoughts. Feel free to cut anything you see fit. We didn't. Uh, all the best, <laughs> Pokemon Trainer Matt. That's actually like the perfect length email, actually. Yeah, we got some good discussion out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. I like you, Matt. Green yeah. Taurus badge. I'm not even done. You get the Green Taurus badge. Yeah, we're not, you know what? We don't even know who else we're reading. We're Green fickle. Taurus badge. <laughs> we're I'm fickle. Find him. <laughs> 
what did I say? We're fickle. Uh, all we are right. fickle gods. Moving on. Our next, our last email today is going to be from Nico. Hey, yo, everyone. Hope everyone's doing great. Last week, you asked what we wanted from Scarlet and Violet, and I think there's a lot I can slap on my wish list. That said, one key feature I think was left out of last week's discussions was cameos. I know PLA spoiled us with all the ancestors. I think they more than spoiled us. I think they oversaturated it, but that's just me. <laughs> but I'd like to see old NPCs return in Gen 9. Even though Game Freak loves nostalgia, Gen 8 had exclusively original characters. It gave Galar a disconnection with the rest of the Pokemon world that felt jarring. I don't know if I agree or disagree with that. I think I it, don't agree with that. I I agree a little bit, but not. it's not to the point that I care. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah, because Gen 3 didn't have any throwbacks until you, I guess, maybe if you beat the game. Yeah, and I had issues with Gen 3 at the time, though. I had, I had not for that reason though. Did, was it? Uh, I'm not. It's more that it felt disconnected. I think was the reason that I had more issues with it. But. Well, okay, but let's say Gen Four. The only thing that happens is, I guess, uh, Jasmine shows yep. up for like two seconds to give you waterfall. I think that's good enough for me. But she also uh, she also takes place in contests. I just don't think it's a problem. Uh, I guess. I think what would be really cool because we talk about pe- they they have like things, especially like Kabu, where he's just like, I came from Hoenn, right? Yeah, um, I think it'd be really cool to see a gym leader we've seen in the past be a gym leader in a new region where because they mm. just like moved. Right. Or some like random scrub who's now a gym leader. So it's just like, yeah, I would love that. Actually, I can't wait for the normal gym leader to be like leader Joey <laughs> with eradicate <laughs> with, his, with his top percentage Rattata. And yeah, yeah, I would love it. I, I absolutely would love some kind of callback like that. And I, I think if you just did it where you're just like, oh, this gym leader is a gym leader in this region, but they used to be a gym leader in another region. I think it one doesn't require you to play the previous content because I think that's my number one rule. I don't think you should be required to have played the previous content to find relevancy in this. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think that if you just play Gen 9, Gen 9 should be the full experience. And but it would be really cool to just see something like that where there's deeper lore you can get out of it if you've played it before. Uh or if you've played before. I don't know. I always like having those little payoffs and those little nods like, hey, thanks for supporting our Pokemon. But uh, otherwise, let's move back to his email. I just hope Gen 9 properly acknowledges existing characters. Maybe they can make them a little a little bit older, like Red and Blue and Alola. Maybe we could see Clara again with the regional Dustox to match her bow. I'd like the new region to feel like a part of a bigger world. And I think a good first step is by giving some older characters new lore. What's Lily up to these days? Where's Wally? <laughs> That's really funny for the Brits and almost funny for the Americans. Yeah, right. Uh, there, there are a lot of special characters in the Pokemon universe, and I would love to check up on. I would love to check up on since time has passed. What about you? Who would you want to see and why? Guzma's my choice, by the way. I don't know that there's anybody I necessarily care about. I just think it'd be cool to have the callback. I don't think it's entirely necessary, but having the callback would be cool. Uh, anyway, that's all I have to say. Oh, and if they're making a fighting-type kangaroo Pokemon with boxing gloves, they should make it a wallaby instead, since there's already a kangaroo Pokemon, Kangaskhan. Yes, we never have doubled up on Pokemon <laughs> creatures in the entire world. Never in my... Never ever. But it should be a wallaby, because then we can name it Wallapy. Okay, the wallaby... Walla- yeah, that's what... And it should be called Wallapy. Wait, ah, oh, dang it! Ah! He beat it. Yeah, you it's thought you were creative. It. Yeah, you were beat to it. You know what? My mind has been changed. <laughs> wallaby... <laughs> I just want, I want an electric fighting kangaroo, or I guess wallaby now, and with boxing gloves, and it can be called wallaby, but I just wanted to know Zing Zap, so it could be like a one-two punch in the face. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, I hope all our dreams come true in Gen 9, and I'm hoping to keep my expectations in check. 
As always, have a great week. Catch you on the flip flop, Nico. Well, thank you for that. I think Green Taurus badge still goes to Matt. I don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. yeah, Goodbye, Matt, Matt gets it. We are fickle gods. Yes. Uh, Pokemon trainer Matt, you get the uh, Green Taurus badge this week. And if you guys want to email us next week, I don't know. Actually, I can't be like, oh, how was your experience in St. Louis at the Salt Lake <laughs> City Regionals uh, for the question this week? But uh, I think more of the same. What would you like to see out of uh, Scarlet and Violet? Uh, email us at pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you were at Salt Lake and we missed you, how was your experience? Yeah, send it to us. <laughs> Why weren't you brave enough to talk to us? If Ooh. you're a new listener that that got to deal with annoying <laughs> Seth and kicked my butt, then hello. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> On that note, we uh, yeah, I guess that's it. If you want to follow us throughout the week, check out the Discord at PuckleDiscord.com. Follow us on social media over Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can follow us at YouTube, youtube.com slash Puckle Podcast. Watch us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Puckle Podcast. And of course, you can go ahead and uh, support the show over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Puckle Podcast, where you can get shiny Pokemon and get to suggest topics and whatnot. It's a great time. Uh, but on that note, uh, I've been Trainer Thatch. I have been Seth Vilo. And I've been Linian. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time. Ah.